Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Anime Ichibom, Gooba Stomp's dedicated anime podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Pontier. Joining me this week is the wonderful Harry Morris and yeah. only the wonderful Harry Morris, in fact. So this oh. Kyle Rogashon is ruining his perfect attendance record. He is sitting this one out, unfortunately. He's not, feel, not feeling too well, so we're giving him a break. So it's just me and Harry, which also means it's the first time that we have this power du- duo going on, right? We've never yeah, done a exciting. podcast just us two. We've had. You never know. This episode might be really, really successful, and we have to permanently fire Kyle from the podcast. Yeah, it'll just this be like might, you know what? This like might we, be the flawless dynamic we've missed. We 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 realized just uh, we we optimized the show so much we don't need him anymore. <laughs> And Kyle will just start like a solo podcast on his own, like a really sad, a solo like cast. lonely podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've hey had, guys, we've had hey, where welcome it's... to the welcome to the Anime Ichiban Fired Podcast. I'm Kyle. <laughs> the Anime Ichiban Rejects. Oh. Yeah. No, Kyle's great. We'll miss him massively. And yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, this episode will fall apart horribly without Kyle, I'm sure. But that's all part of the fun. Yes, we'll do our best to fill in that void. We've had episodes where. It's- Kyle and me episodes where it was you and Kyle, but yeah, we've ha- not had we've not completed this side of the triangle. So now we have a perfect triangle, mm. symmetry, yeah. perfect. Anyways, how many how many episodes is this? How long has Kyle's streak been for? This is episode, I believe, forty. Forty. Uh, you look fucking stupid if that's wrong, and it I'm, I'm, and it's I'm, like forty-two or thirty-nine. Uh, where is it? <laughs> we are on episode forty-one. I was right. Forty-one. Close. I was close. Oh, okay. I was close enough. So he's done 40 episodes. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty good point, a big round number to kind of end it on. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. He, yeah. So he, he will be spared to kill a baby of his this episode. But Harry, okay. you are not so lucky. You will have to kill oh. one of your babies this episode to get us started. So taking a, a brief diversion from uh, anime specifically and doing anime adjacent. So you have to kill either Persona 5 or oh. Dragon Quest Eleven. Oh, fucking hell. That's, <laughs> so that is genuinely really difficult. Yeah. The, the caveat um, is Persona 5 Strikers would still exist. You would only kill Persona 5. Right. <laughs> so, so I've recently finished Persona 5 Strikers um, right. and I absolutely love it. Uh, but I will say it's very much like a kind of a sequel to Persona 5, as everyone knows at this point. I think you'll only have semi-enjoyment of it if you've not played Persona 5. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'll, I'll go further. If you've not played Persona 5, why are you playing this game? <laughs> you need to play because Persona 5 Because you first. might be killing Persona 5. They won't have an option. I mean, you might be forcing fair, this yeah. on them. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, that kind of, yeah, that does change things because then like this game still exists, Persona 5 Striker still exists, but not in the capacity it should be existing in. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Okay, so, so in terms of comparing these two games, they're two, two of my favorite games ever. Persona 5 probably had a more profound effect on me in terms of I absolutely loved the story. I mean, I'd argue it was the first video game story I ever played, mm-hmm. but I actually really enjoyed. And I thought that was like a proper roller coaster that I really, really got on board with. Um, I love the characters. I love how creative and unique it is. I love how boundary pushing it is. I think in terms of its impact on the JRPG genre, it is more profound and more more big mm-hmm. than Dragon Quest XI. However, however, for, there it is. However, <laughs> the fault of it is it's very linear. It's a very linear story, and if you replay it, it's only kind of like one direction, so it can be quite a drag. That's my only real criticism of Persona 5. It can be a bit long-winded if you've played it before. 
Dragon Quest XI isn't like that. It's very open. Um, it's very easy to replay. Um, and it's just a great kind of like feel-good game. It sort of captures that same charm for me as like Zelda The Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. It's got a really nice atmosphere. Um, and and again, I actually really enjoy the story, even though it's more formulaic and more kind of a stereotypical. I still think it's a really enjoyable story. Uh, <laughs> I guess, even though I actually think in terms of personal enjoyment, I might even prefer Dragon Quest XI just a little bit. I think I'm going to have to kill it because I have <laughs> to respect Persona 5 has not only given us Persona 5, but an amazing sequel in Persona 5 Strikers as well. Um, and I'd, I'd want that kind of that whole story to be intact. Uh, I also feel like it's just been very positively impactful on mm-hmm. video games as a whole. And mm-hmm. I think it would be a bit of a blow to video games if I was to eliminate that. So I'll keep Persona 5 and kill Dragon Quest Eleven, mm-hmm. as tough as that is to do so. Yeah, I, I would do the same for the same reasoning, I think. It, it is a shame that the mm-hmm. Persona 5 anime didn't pan out as well as it could have, but at the same time... What, what, I, what hmm? happened there? So, so I didn't follow it. What yeah, happened? it's just that like you think about the Persona 5 story and how grand and how like long it is, and you try to mm-hmm. cram that into a 24-episode anime series, and it just mm-hmm. doesn't work out. Because a lot of the, a lot of the uh, charm of Persona is like the personal stories and like... Uh, growing over short, long periods of time, like all multiple stories happening at the same time, kind of. Uh, and mm. whereas the anime format doesn't really have that liberty when it's trying to cover such large amounts of content. And so it was just, it just ended up feeling very, very rushed in the end, even with 24 episodes. So I, at this, I think they did their best <laughs> with uh, mm. the cards they were dealt, but yeah, it, it's unfortunate. I don't think... Let's see. I think the Persona 4 Golden anime, I haven't watched it, but I think the Golden anime was received decently well. Not the Persona, the original Persona 4 anime, which is weird that there's both yeah. of those. But yeah, uh, one day we'll get a good I, Persona I, I th- anime, maybe. I think it'd be really cool if um, if instead of just doing kind of like a retelling of Persona 5, because it, it always just feels like if you're doing an anime of that story, well, it's never going to be as good as a video game mm-hmm. adaptation, is it? Like, it's never going to be as good as the original I think it would have been really interesting if they told a Persona 5 story only about the confidants instead. That would and be interesting. And maybe it's even like five or six of the confidants all found out they have Persona powers and they wake <laughs> up to something. And like five or six of these like completely unrelated confidants who like otherwise wouldn't cross paths somehow cross paths in the Persona universe. Um, and I don't know. I think that could be interesting. I could see that working as like a half a half length OVA series, like six six individual OVAs that yeah, are compartmentalized yeah. from each other. That could work, I think, yeah. Say, like, you could take, like, the gun shop owner, for example, and pair him with, like, the politician. Mm-hmm. And, like, what's the dynamic going to be between them? Because they're both so different as people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you pair them with, uh, who's like, the boy in the arcade who teaches you how to shoot better. Mm-hmm. Bring him into it. And, and it's, like, I don't know, like, like characters that otherwise would really kind of be disjointed personality-wise. Yeah, the confidence never but, really uh, interact with each other. They don't. And that, that's something, how that could be so interesting. If you give them all a common goal, a common enemy that they have to take down in the metaverse, um, and you can kind of use their relations to the Phantom Thieves to kind of, the relationships to the Phantom Thieves is kind of like a backbone for that. I don't know, it could be a great little, like, OVA series, like you're saying, yeah. instead of, like, just doing a retelling of the Persona 5 story that's not as good. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, whether or not it takes that form, I think your idea of just telling a side story that's like a companion piece to the original Persona 5 story would be the way to go. Yeah. Because as we said, there's just, there's just no way 
unless you're going to do stretches out across like 50 episodes or so, which they didn't, uh, there's no way you're going to be able to properly do that story justice or any of the Persona stories, yeah. really. I also just think like for anyone who's played the game, it would be boring to watch again because you just yeah. know exactly what's going to happen. Part of the fun of watching any series is not knowing what's going to happen mm-hmm. and being along for that ride. If you're watching Persona 5, only like you've played the game, you've seen the story, it's just like, oh, and there's that character and next this thing will happen. Oh yeah, sure enough, it happened. Right. So there's going to be no surprises there. Like I think, uh, I mean, that's you could say the same for like manga adaptations or light novel adaptations. Part of the charm would be like, seeing how it's adapted but clearly like it was adapted in fear in an inferior way and so there's yeah, really yeah. just was no reason to uh watch it if you played the game already yeah wonder if there'll but be a strikers anime <laughs> Perso- persona 5 strikers is absolutely awesome yeah. um i think i like i 100 it in like a week or something i just played it non-stop mm-hmm. um the only like catch is i think to get you've got something called bond skills which are kind of like these extra skills that you level up over time and it takes crazy, like crazy long time. Are they similar to like confidant abilities or something completely different? um, They're they're kind of like confidant abilities. So basically like as you're leveling up, as well as getting experience, you're getting bond points Mm -hmm. and you can get further bond points by like hanging out with your confidants, but you also just get them from like battling and whatnot. But, but, But when I say hanging out with your confidants, it's not quite the same as like Persona 5 where it's time related. Okay. Like you can just hang out with anyone at any point and stuff. It's pretty fun, but but you do it through the story. Um, I've done two playthroughs of Persona 5 Strikers, two like run throughs, <laughs> and I still didn't max out my bond points. The only way to really do that is to play the game on Merciless, which is a mode that you unlock at the end of the game. Um, but it's like one hit kill. Cool. Like, like literally, it is ridiculous. Like, um, and what I hate, so I tried it out and it's like one hit kill, and um I think sometimes it could be like two hit kill. But it's roughly just like really, yeah, like really, really hard. Like more difficult than the toughest Souls games, kind <laughs> of hard. And that's just where I'm thinking, I don't think I want to play this. Um, and what it does is it locks your save into that. So you can't turn oh. it off merciless mode oh, once geez. you start it. So once you start, you could like potentially save over your only data, start a merciless playthrough and that's it. Like there's nothing you can do. You're now stuck into that mode until you beat the game. And get to like do new game plus again and change the difficulty. And what's worse is that you don't get as many checkpoints. So like normally if you oh. play through a bit of a game and get to a boss, it will do an auto save at the boss so you can refight that boss, but not on merciless mode. And the point when I tapped out, it was just at the start. It was like doing the kind of opening period, but you have to go through the sewers. In fact, you know it's from the demo. Mm-hmm. Do you know the demo bit where yeah. you go through the sewers yep. and you fight that kind of that bicorn at the end? Mm-hmm. That was like the last enemy yeah. you fought, yeah. Well, that's it. That was a bit I couldn't do. So, like, you go all through the sewers, which takes about, like, 10 minutes, and then you get to the bicorn. If the bicorn kills you in one hit, which it probably will, you go right back to the start of the sewers. Oh. So, so it's like, you have to read. I did that a few times. I just thought, fuck this. I don't want to do it. Um, but I was actually thinking today, maybe I should try it again. I don't know. Um, Atlas is no, taking a page out of the Ghost and Goblins book, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it, it's pretty frustrating. Um, I wish I was an in-between. Like, because... I did a second playthrough on easy and it was just so easy. Like none of the mm-hmm. game challenged me because I was like really high level. So you've got like really easy new game plus, which is just like no challenge at all. Mm-hmm. Or you've got impossibly difficult challenging new game plus where it's one hit kill. I wish there was an in-between. 
where it's like a new game plus it's actually challenging and makes you work that's weird there's but not it, like a hard difficulty it, it gives you a bit of a, a there's, there's, yeah there's no hard difficulty where you've got easy medium and hard for like your first playthrough mm-hmm. but at, in new game plus you're going to be like really over leveled you'll be like i don't know level like oh i see so even if you do hard it's easy yeah even what. if you do okay. hard like you'll be in your level 80s so it's not that tough it won't be until you get to like the very ending points of the game that it starts to get tricky and even then mm-hmm. it's not that bad um so yeah i wish i was like a kind of very hard right. mode, or maybe just a more normal merciless mode that's like difficult for new with game the plus, same checkpoints at least with the same checkpoints and with like a bit of leeway for getting hit um mm-hmm. so yeah it's because yeah one of the complaints i hear about the game is like off-screen attacks and those mm. being difficult to uh see sometimes well, that's I know, I, yeah. yeah that's what happened when i was on merciless mode i was just before the bicorn boss at one point and i was fighting really well and then just out of nowhere i died and it's like wait, like, why, wait what, why, what, why, what? why did i die what hit me what happened um so yeah i don't think it's the sort of game or the sort of gameplay that really works in that capacity all right like i've never ever played the warriors games and thought you know what this needs one hit kill like I've, I've never ever done that i've never felt that way i love challenging games but i don't think the warriors games is really the right formula for that you kind mm-hmm. of want it to be a little bit easier and a little bit more like uh button mashy and fun and right. the merciless mode just makes it so stressful and difficult right. however it's the only way to really like level up your characters to level 99 without grinding a crazy amount at end game mm-hmm. um so so that's my one criticism but outside of that it's a great game really fun a really enjoyable story um and it does lots of things right. So yeah, check it out if you get a chance. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I definitely, it's on my docket after, because I had the choice between that or really Bravely Default 2 and I ended up mm. going for Bravely Default 2 instead just because I was craving that that old school JRPG experience and it is satisfying that itch for sure. Yeah, go on, give us a quick review then. What is it? Oh, I mean, if you played the first two Bravely games, you've played this one so far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got you you wake up on a shore, you have no memories, you find a princess, like, go find the crystals and prevent doom from befalling this land. Mm. Um, <laughs> not too, and, not too uh, got, exciting as a premise. Yeah, exactly. I, but then again, like, Bravely games are known for kind of subverting your expectations in the latter half. So they always mm. start off super generic. It's like, oh, but you thought this, but it's actually this. So we'll see yeah. what it's like. But it's got the classic Final Fantasy job system. So at this point, I just have like the basic uh, Vanguard, White Mage, Black Mage, Thief, Bard, and uh, Beastmaster. I really like the outfits, though. They're, the outfits are really inspired. They're not the kind of like outfits you would typically associate with those classes. Like White Mage is kind of like this, this Russian snow coat aesthetic, <laughs> which mm. is really interesting. Uh, yeah. Black Mage is kind of like this this uh, L.A. Noir style. It's it, I really like the outfits, so they shake them up there. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's Boss fights are tough as nails so far, but that's why, how I like it. Uh, grind, grind, grind. <laughs> yeah. I, I, sometimes you're just in the mood to grind, and the characters are endearing. They're not as fun as the original cast so far, but it's still early on, so we'll see. Yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Good times. Yeah. So do you have a uh, Kill Your Babies for Me? Can you think of one for me? Oh, um, I mean, to keep it topical, Bravely Default 2 <laughs> or um, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. Oh, well, that's unfair considering 13 <laughs> Sentinels I finished and Bravely Default, I'm only 10 hours in. Ah, uh, okay. yeah, I, I, w- I would kill Bravely Default then. <laughs> okay, yeah, there's, right. There's no universe that I would want <laughs> to be without 13 Sentinels right now for sure. So, Bravely Default 2 or Persona 5 Strikers? I haven't... What? <laughs> um, Keeping well, it Okay, unfair. let's see here. 
Let's see here. Uh, because here's the thing. I think I will enjoy Persona 5 Strikers more when mm. I do play it. Uh, it's just that I'm in the mood for Bravely Default 2's kind of game right now more. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I, I might kick myself because, again, Bravely, Bravely games tend to really kick off in the second half. Uh, but I would have no way of knowing because it wouldn't exist. So, yeah, I, I would kill Bravely Default 2. Mm. Uh, and just, then imagine, imagine if you got Persona 5 Strikers, you just didn't really like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't have any regrets because, again, it doesn't exist. I, I, I wouldn't That's know true. that I made a wrong choice. <laughs> ah. Oh, so, so you don't realize you've killed this baby in this Yes, exactly. It's a, it's a it race ah. from existence. That's cool. You wouldn't have the guilt keeping you up at night. Yeah. <laughs> I struggle to live in a world where like I've got that guilt of, oh no, I've denied you, everyone. You would just have that like 11. that sinking feeling in your gut that something's missing. Like that um, that that part yeah. of Madoko where everyone's like, I feel like someone's always watching over us. And Homer's like, Yeah. Oh, wouldn't, yeah. it be, wouldn't it be worse if like you kill this baby but everyone in the world knows it was you so you're getting hate mail every day and angry comments online so, and you don't know da- why how dare like, you kill why? Bravely Default 2 you prick oh that's horrible of you and like all yeah. these Bravely Default 2 fans are really angry at you yeah and you don't know why it's like what did I do <laughs> I did nothing I don't even know what you're talking about I feel like that's kind of the internet already that's the, that's the internet already people getting angry with you when you're like wait what happened what did I do yeah. what did I do and people just get angry at you anyway so yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it would fit right, right in yeah righty. speaking of people getting angry we're gonna talk about some more Wonder Egg priority so we we cool. started uh, this trend uh, last episode so we're going to continue talking about one episode per season just kind of like keeping up this trend our thoughts on it as we go along and so Wonder Egg priority definitely seems like is probably the most unique show this season and probably will end up going on to be one of the most unique shows of this year. And mm. so there have been three episodes that have aired since our last episode. That was Including a recap episode. Yeah, but effectively two episodes <laughs> because the last one was yeah. a recap episode, which I, let's, let's start there really quickly. Um, I'm never really a fan of recap episodes. However, I, I kind of enjoyed how this one was structured in a way, and that it, it was very clearly, again, like, I think we had this talk before how the difference between a planned and an unplanned recap episode, how, like, The Promise mm-hmm. Neverland's pla- recap was an unplanned episode, whereas this one was very much planned. And you can tell, by the way, like, they show you things. It wasn't just, like, a linear recap starting at the beginning and then going, like, episode by episode telling you what happened. It was kind of, it was framing all the events in a different way, in different orders that you hadn't seen them originally. And that actually gave me some context that, I I didn't pick up on in my original watchthroughs of those episodes. I, I liked how they actually broke them up into focusing on each of the four girls because again, all four of those girls' stories are happening concurrently. Mm. And it, it was nice to see like how all the pieces fit together in kind of chunk a chunk manner like that. I'm not sure if you got the same feeling. Um, I think because there is quite a lot happening in the season, um, and it's it's difficult to keep track of sometimes, it was it was useful, but I wouldn't say it was particularly entertaining. Oh, right. It, no, no, it, it no, kind yeah. of feels like, like it was, it was like appreciated, but at the same time, it's like, uh, I was a bit boring. Ultimately, I've seen it all yeah. before. Um, yeah. Something I really like, and some shows do this, is when they have a recap episode like that, but instead they do a sort of behind the scenes episode where it shows mm-hmm. you like interviews with like the studio and like how they animate it, how they structure it, how they make it. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it's actually something they did in Darling in the Franks. There were a few episodes where like they had all sorts of production issues 
um, as you can possibly tell with the ending of that show. <laughs> um, but but for them, instead of just doing like filler episodes or whatever, they like took weeks off to actually do like behind the scenes episodes um, and interviews with the cast. And I thought that was really cool. I thought that was like, that was quite appreciated because it feels like even though it's not a new episode, you're still getting some new content that's original and, and worthwhile. Um, I right. kind of wish I'd done something similar here. I, I'd, I'd love to see right. like behind the scenes of how this show is made. Um, and who's adapting it. Especially this kind of show, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like they could maybe like weave some recap into there whilst making it feel a bit more organic and less like just blandly recappy. Right, it was definitely jarring. I was definitely not in for that episode. Mm. It it was funny because I normally watch this show with my friend on Sunday nights. Uh, That's like when we have our our anime night watch sessions. But then I told her, I was like, oh, but... We're going to be talking about it on the podcast. So we can, can we just watch Wonder Egg like on some weekday really quick? It's like, yeah, sure. And we did it. And so we, it was the recap episode. We're like, wait, we went out of our way to reschedule for a recap episode. Okay. That was unnecessary. You'll, uh, you'll have to invite your friend onto the podcast as a guest if ever they want to come on. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Especially, especially if we're talking about Wonder Egg priority and they're a big fan. Yeah, maybe she could have come on for this episode. Taking yeah. Kyle's place. New co-host. Yeah. Oh, it's a good job we're only thinking of this 20 minutes into the fucking episode. Yeah. <laughs> just in oh, time, well. we can let just her know. Just pocket that in the back of my mind. Taryn, <laughs> you're coming on next time. Keep, Sounds like you're listening time. to this. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, so I, I was not pleased. I definitely would have liked to just progress the episode. But I like one little nugget of information I got is I, I didn't realize that they were recovering their wounds in the real world faster. I didn't realize yeah. that they're like... The recovery process was accelerated. Yeah, that was what I was wondering about because, like, I think early on, is it I still has like uh, injuries and wounds in real life, and yeah. that just kind of stops being an issue from then on. Yeah, that because said, they say like how their injuries would carry over, and she gets like beaten up yeah. a lot. That is something I will say about the series. As much as I love it, I feel like some points they gloss over a little bit, and mm-hmm. it would be great if they just take a little bit more time to explain this is how it works. Right. Yeah, so that that was like the one piece of context I got from that. But beyond that, we had two real episodes. Mm. Uh, this uh, this chunk, this uh, I don't know what we call this between since the last time we recorded. Yeah. And so just a, just as a quick quick uh, check, how are you still feeling about the show? How are you feeling about the show? I, are you still feeling like as hot as you were before? Or I'm not feeling as hot. I'll be honest. I like mm-hmm. it, but I'm kind of we're, we're hitting that this kind of mid season point. And I'm starting to feel a bit like, hmm, where's it going now? The initial few mm-hmm. episodes had so much spark and so much like wow to them. And now it's going on. It's like, uh, where's it going? I'm still feeling it. I'm still liking some of the elements mm-hmm. a lot. But it feels like it's kind of dragging a little bit. And it, it's not okay. really, I, I, don't, I don't know. Just like it, it is some of that like sparks and that magic is kind of worn off for me a bit now. And it feels like it's mm-hmm. kind of slowing down a bit and not quite hitting you with as much compelling content with that said there's still lots happening that i am enjoying so it's not that it's bad at this point at all it's still really good i'm just not quite feeling as enthralled by it as i once was and i think the part of the reason for that i would say is how i think we've we've taken a step back at progressing the the main story like these past few episodes i feel like the whole overall objective of bringing back people to life like fighting these battles to bring back people back to life has taken very much a backseat mm. and we've we've instead focused on the girls specifically themselves again and their their real life struggles that they're going through so 
And then the two episodes we had, we had, we had an episode more or less focused on I and her very unfortunate family dynamic going on right now involving her mom and her teacher. And then her sec, the second episode was focused on Rika and her unfortunate family dynamic of her just like being kind of disgusted with her own mom and wanting to know who her father is and things like mm-hmm. that. So it, it was a yeah. very mom focused uh, section this time around. So I want to, I want to start with talking about I's mom and just all that. Like, first of all, I think it's really interesting how I's parents are just plain divorced and how I still sees her dad. I, mm-hmm. That's not something we see in anime ever. Like whenever there's a single parent, it's always because the other parent has died or something. Yeah. We, we've never, I don't, I can't think of a single other anime where you have a, a main character whose parents are divorced like that. How, but like how common both is are still involved in, in Japanese life. society, do you know? So I, I looked this up actually. And so the divorce rate in Japanese society is 30 or, oh dang, I forgot the number. It's either 38% or 43%. It's one of those, uh, yeah. which is lower than the US is, which is 46%. Mm. Uh, so it's, in terms of the countries listed in this list, it was like, in the upper half, but not like super high. It's not one of the highest rates for sure, but it's not, mm. it's definitely not the lowest either. Yeah. I, d- I don't think there's anything particularly abnormal there. Like it still feels like a fairly like standard average-ish rate. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like um, I, f- I think these past few episodes, it's, it's because like all of this stuff is really interesting. Like, like the whole family dynamics going on. Mm-hmm. I just sometimes feel like the show is not quite flowing narratively as much as it could do. Like, I don't mind if they're doing the main story or if they're doing these side stories about the characters. It just feels like it kind of flits about a little bit and it's not quite as consistent as it could be. And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm kind of feeling just a little bit mixed on it because the show feels mixed Mm -hmm. narratively and pacing-wise. But yeah, no, like, I I think Ice Family situation is interesting. And the teacher, like, coming in being like, hey, I want to start boinking your mum. Is uh, mm-hmm. it's exactly how he words it in the show, but uh, yeah, that's that's certainly uh, a lot for I to take in. I think it's really interesting too how throughout the show up to that point, they they were never explicitly stating, and there was never really any explicit actions to imply that. Just the fact though that the teacher seemed to be over when I wasn't present, mm. like an odd amount. It was very like eyebrow raising. It's like, are you, are you really just waiting for I or are you here for some other ulterior motives? And then it, like you had, or at least I had that kind of like creeping suspicion. And then when that episode hit, it's like, ah, yes, this is very uncomfy. And so I also, I want to go back to I's mom as well and just how, how delicately she handles the situation with I not like not with the teacher well kind of with the teacher as well but like put yourself in that mom situation for a moment of like okay I have a daughter whose best friend just committed suicide Mm. (laughs) and my daughter is an absolute wreck now how how do I how do I support her now what 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 do I do that is best for my daughter and there really is no good there's no correct answer there. And I think the way that she's been handling it throughout the series, like how she never forced, she's never says like, you have to go to school, but she also never says like, it's okay to stay home. She, the mom is walking this really fine tightrope act. I feel like that doesn't, isn't, doesn't have a lot of light shown upon it, Mm. but is really important in developing eyes character, I think, and how, where she's coming from, especially when it comes to, 
her uh, talking about Rika and her mom down the line. I'm, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think like it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really know what to add beyond what you just said. I think like you pretty much summed it <laughs> up perfectly. Um, I, I think the, the mom's doing a pretty good job and she's been pretty sensitive about it. And I think the way that that is kind of like also fusing with Rika's storyline is interesting. I, I really, really liked Rika's storyline, speaking of that. I think um, mm-hmm. the fact that she's got that really strained relationship with her mum, in a way it's very different to Ai's kind of strained relationship with her mum. I think that's really interesting how they've, they've created those family dynamics that are so different to one another, yet at the same time you mm-hmm. see I and Rika kind of bonding over that. Um, right. And I think there's one of the episodes where I sits down with Rika and says, let's complain about our mums together and sort of like meets her on that level and i thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. how they're bonding over something that's ultimately very negative but they're kind of right they're finding comfort in one another um so yeah i think there's a lot of moments to the show like that that are really quite clever and quite unique because like you were saying mm-hmm. before you don't really see that sort of stuff in anime so i think it's cool right and so let, let's jump over to rika's story next then mm-hmm. uh, now that we're talking on that so i think we we knew from the first episode that she was introduced that like she was cutting herself at some point, right? Mm. And so, and then we we revisited that for the most recent real episode in a very intimate, uncomfy, excruciatingly long scene of her really contemplating, like, do I? I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Mm. I don't want to do this. So this. Just uh, really quickly, a check. What were your raw feelings while watching that scene of her just putting the razor to her arm it's, it's pretty, and just it's like pretty, fighting against everything in her Yeah, being? it's pretty fucking rough. And I think like seeing anyone kind of inflicting pain like that is is squeamish anyway. Like it's, it's very kind of mm-hmm. like uncomfortable to watch. But uh, mm-hmm. seeing how they're handling such a dark kind of sort of taboo subject, I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and the way that they're kind yeah. of, it makes sense given her frustrations and her anger as like a teenager, like what she's going through right. and, the, and the, the fact that she feels like no one understands her, no one gets her or her situation. She's a teenage girl with such an unfair life, such an unfair situation she's been presented. Um, you understand why she does what she does and why she's trying to stop that because simultaneous to this really shitty situation, she's got a great group of friends who love her and support mm-hmm. her. And she's starting to come to terms with that. But yeah, it, it's a difficult situation. I think that the, the anime is really showing that really well and not not right. being gratuitous about it or sensationalizing it. They're trying to genuinely make sense of it in the narrative. And I think they're doing a good job with that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there was a, a quote I saw on Anime News Network how that was very well put. It's like, Wonder Egg Priority continues to joyfully dangle its legs of potentially controversial topics over bubbling lava. Mm. <laughs> like it, it, it so meticulously touches on these topics that could easily just go like way off into either glorifying it or just overdone or things like that. But it's just, it's very real. Again, just going back to that scene of how like we were on that same shot for about 30 seconds of her just going like all these different uh, facial expressions like her moving the blade back and forth, like I trying not to do it and not drawing attention to it without saying like, this is a good thing because in the end, like physical self-harm, while it's definitely not something 
it's not something you want anyone to do. It serves a purpose mm. in the end for the people doing it. Um, and this goes to same credit to my friend who explained this to me, uh, how cutting like physical self-harm like that, cutting yourself, it's basically you are suffering such immense emotional pain, such immense emotional pain that you can't see a way and you can't see a way out of it that you want to inflict a physical pain on yourself so great that it overrides that emotional pain, mm. that it's an escape to get away from it. Yeah. And you really get that, you get that weight of that emotional pain that Rika is feeling throughout this episode. And the same thing, like, because it has a use, uh, my psychologist friend says, like, something we try is, like, how can we get that same sort of response without, like, bringing permanent harm to the body? So mm. an example of that is, like, Throw a drink, uh, like an ice cold drink in the freezer, pull it out and just hold that drink mm. for an extended period of time. That shit hurts, yeah. <laughs> but it won't cause lasting harm to your body. So you achieve the same, uh, the same feeling without harming yourself. Yeah. And is, 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 that, it, is it, that something that people encourage for, for, for those struggling with self-harm? It's something that might be suggested yeah. potentially, depending on the circumstances. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's the example she gave me. But yeah, basically how the show was showing how she's not cutting herself for no reason. Like this this cutting serves a purpose for her being stable, um, being able to get through life, um, even when she has all the support network as well. And I think that's another thing the show does well is this sort of stutter step of four, four, two steps back, one step, four, three steps back, two steps sort of thing. Like recovery or overcoming trauma is definitely not this linear process. Mm. There's a lot of setbacks involved as well. That wonder egg priority is just very delicate and portraying in a playful manner yeah. still. Yeah. I think the way it like bounces around different tones, like going from kind of like jokey comedy to more serious topics and stuff and, and playing with mm -hmm. in that kind of manner like like it's, it's it's definitely interesting and it's definitely a, a real ride mm -hmm. um i am excited to see where it goes and, and how it pans out i'm mm -hmm. just i'm a little bit nervous it won't really stick the landing and, and it won't be as satisfying as a conclusion as the show was in the beginning because in the beginning it was it was so like wow what's going to happen and as it's settling into the groove more it feels like it's kind of I don't know. It's like it's finding its groove yet at the same time that groove isn't quite as, as bombastically exciting as as I thought it might be. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm still loving the storylines. I'm loving the characters. But uh, I just don't I don't know where it's going to go at the same time. That's part of the fun of it. So I've got I've got very mixed feelings. <laughs> like every criticism right. I have is also like it could be a positive depending on how it all pans out. Mm -hmm. If it makes sense. I think, yeah, for me. Yeah, I think what you're getting at is the how it brings these stories together, like how it ties together all these girls' past to overcome. And then w however these Akkas play mm. into it as well, how they've just kind of taken a backseat. We haven't questioned them. At, at this point for me, though, like the, the show has demonstrated such a masterful control over telling personal stories that as long as I see satisfying conclusions to... The personal stories, or it doesn't even need to be conclusions, but like stopping points for these stories, because no one, no one's story concludes. No one's story concludes. Like our stories are yeah. still being written right now, our, our own two. Um, I'll, I'll be totally satisfied. And the show has given me no indication that it won't do yeah. that so far. I think 
the overall, like the overall Monica aspects, like you signed a contract, there's going to be some ramifications to this, like that, I can take mm. it or leave it. Um, I've more or less kind of just shuffled that to the back of my mind now. Um, I, I just want to, I want to see these girls grow. And yeah. I think the show will do that. Yeah, definitely. I, I think like, it's, it's definitely been like a memorable series. Um, I, I think it's because like, mm -hmm. again, to compare it to something like Darling in the Franks, Darling in the Franks was a memorable series with great moments, but it didn't stick the landing. And we remember it's like a really negative mm -hmm. series, but we forget there were like a lot of great moments to it. Like there was a time when it was amazing. Um, it just didn't work in the end. Mm -hmm. I really hope this isn't a similar series for starts and it's really engaging, really interesting. And it tells a story. It's really compelling. And then it just sort of doesn't stick the landing and we remember it negatively. And I don't mm -hmm. think it will, but I'm just conscious that could be how it goes. Uh, and I, I think with Darling in the yeah. Franks for a long time, I was enjoying it, but I wasn't sure where it was going to go. And it could go kind of like either way and it went the wrong way. I'm just worried this might be similar because I don't quite know where it's going to go and I hope it doesn't go in the wrong direction and it maybe because it's juggling so many different balls right now. It's spinning so many plates and mm -hmm. I just don't quite know what it's going to do. So I, I feel reluctant to say, I love it, it's amazing, before I really know what it's going to do. However, I do mm -hmm. love it and it is amazing. I, I will break my rule and say that because it is really good. <laughs> right. So we, we will be back for another checkup next episode where we will hopefully have three real episodes to talk about then yeah we'll also have kyle back on board as well and so, maybe even your maybe your friend maybe 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 maybe, maybe. let's see all right <laughs> so now moving on to some news we finally do have the Crunchyroll anime award results out we were just Ooh. a little too early last episode but now we are out and we can see just how very wrong we were on some of our predictions. Uh, one prediction we weren't wrong on, though, is just starting at the very top anime of the year, Jujutsu Kaisen. I think. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well deserved. I, yeah. Like, Ky not Kyla. Harry, you definitely called that. I was saying it would probably be a, uh, a toss up between it and Great Pretender, even though I hadn't started Jujutsu yet. And yep, it, it went to Jujutsu. How, and, how many episodes have you watched just for one? Yeah, so I'm actually seven episodes in now. So I oh. to uh, to bring up everyone up to speed, I was waiting for Jujutsu to finish to watch it, but now it's at the point where it's almost done. And so by the mm. time I catch up, it will basically be done, especially at the how slow I watch uh, finished shows. But yeah, I'm I'm seven episodes in, which is right after the uh the first time you see gojo fight basically yeah but that is such yeah. a fun episode that is yeah. that is so good what do you think so far it's Seven just episodes pure in? purely cathartic release basically yeah, yeah so i i really 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 dig it for sure it's yeah. uh it's got a lot of style i like the characters i i like the dynamic between uh itadori and uh megumi kind of similar to what you were thinking about a uh, skate how we had uh, Reki and Longa, and at first you think they're not going to get along. It's kind of, but then they end up doing so yeah. very well. It's just kind of the same deal for Itadora and Megumi, where it's like, oh, like Megumi's this stoic, I don't care about anything sort of person, and yada yada yada. And then that that early series event happens, and Megumi like reveals like his convictions, and even though they're different from Itadori's, like they respect each other because of it and you feel totally. that bond. So yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed that aspect too. Uh, haven't, haven't seen enough of, I don't remember her name, the, the, the first year girl. Yeah, I, really I forget her name, but she, her. she's cool. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I like her her fighting style, but just haven't with, seen with enough the of hammer it yet. and the nails. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. It's, it, it, and it just, it gets stronger. It, like, it gets better and better as time goes on as well. Um, like, right. the, the upcoming storyline yeah. for you is great. There's some great moments there. Yeah. Um, and I just, I'm always a fan of these kinds of uh, uneasy alliances kind mm. of thing. Like, so with uh, Itadori and the, the being that he is fused with, basically. Uh, it's it's basically, basically a better version of Naruto and the Nine-Tailed nine Fox. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I've not seen Naruto. But how does that work with the Nine-Tailed Fox? I mean, the Nine-Tailed Fox is just pure evil incarnate. <laughs> and it's just mm. like pure temptation is like, do it, do it, do it, you wuss. It's just like rage <laughs> and whatnot. Whereas, I, I don't know, it's a one episode thing. I, yeah, Tsukuna and uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, he's, he's definitely a lot more dynamic. He's... I mean, yes, he's he's a curse, so therefore he's pure evil. But he's there's also more to him. Like, what are his origins? What are his like the Nightail Fox? He's, it's just pure hell bent on destruction. Whereas Sukuna, like, he clearly has other objectives besides that, and he's yeah. he's uh, conniving and uh, manipulative and just a very mm. he's an actual character, unlike the Nightail Fox, which is just yeah. kind of like this raw I, energy. I, I, essentially. I think he does more and more later on, but at the same time, throughout this series. He still hasn't really come into his own, but who you are about to see introduced is Mahito, who um, I'm trying to think if he appears in the opening. Oh, he's, who's he? Oh, yeah. So, so Mahito, he's like the antagonist you have introduced next. Oh, the, the Buddhist nun looking guy, priest looking uh, guy. Like, like the kind of, no. So, so, so oh. that is one guy, but uh, it's this guy has <laughs> got kind of like a, a patchwork face. Yeah. Oh, you oh yeah, him, yeah, yeah. I just saw with, him at like, the end of the last blue, episode. Blue hair, yeah. patchwork face, and he appears yeah, in the yeah, opening yeah. as well. Yeah. And he is despicable. Um, <laughs> he is an incredible antagonist. And I'm surprised he wasn't nominated over Sukuna. Yeah, for, like, Sukuna was best, best antagonist. <laughs> he, he, yeah, it's weird because Sukuna is great, but he's not really yeah. done all that much in the series. You can mm-hmm. you know that like, his real kind of shining moment will be later down the line. But mm-hmm. Mahito, over this next story arc, will do a lot of shit. A lot of pretty heavy shit. And he's yeah. a pretty awful antagonist. Awful as in evil. Like he's an amazing. Yeah, I was I was surprised by just how little regard the story has for like killing innocents, basically. Oh yeah. Uh, like Are you that, the one of, scene of, like, in, in the Django. diner. In the diner. Yeah. In the diner. Yeah. That 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 scene caught me off guard for sure. Mm. Like I, I was expecting like some sort of like, oh, it's kind of hot in here, or like I'm sweating a lot. I, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> mm. Uh for sure. And that's not a bad, that's not a good or a bad thing. It was definitely a shock factor and it achieved that purpose. Yeah. Um, and so we'll see how that shakes out down the line. But yeah, I'm I'm very, very much enjoying it for sure. And I'm looking you, forward to seeing more. And you're, you're about to see one of the best characters introduced as well uh, with Nanami. I think that's his name. I might have forgotten. Uh, Is he the, the muscle guy, guy? The blonde guy with glasses. Oh, never mind. Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't so, think so I So I think you see him in the him. intro. He's like sat on his chair, like reading a book. Oh, and, I think uh, he's there for like one shot. Yeah, he's there for one shot of the intro, and uh, I, don't, I won't spoil anything, so I'll keep it kind of like very basic and vague, but mm-hmm. uh, he goes on an assignment with Yuji. They team okay. up for something, uh, Gojo sets them up, and uh, he's a great character. He's really, mm-hmm. really cool. Uh, lots of shit goes down, what? and and yeah, it just gets better and better. Which, speaking of the OP, I, it's just this, sometimes there are like specific parts that stick out to you, and for whatever reason, the one part of the OP, and I haven't even met this character yet, but the big muscle guy, 
where like there's a part of the OP where like towards the end where he like yeah moves his arm and like clenches his fist for like half a second. Yeah. There's just something about oh, yeah. that animation that's just so mesmerizing to me. It's like you're, it's you're, like I think you're weirdly literally gonna meet him. You're literally gonna meet him hypnotic? next episode. Episode eight, he comes okay. into it. I think. Okay, is, yeah. is episode eight called Boredom? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's his title. first yeah. episode. Um <laughs> he's fantastic. And mm-hmm. he again, he's played a major role in like the latest story arc where he mm-hmm. really bonds with Yuji and they end up having to work together. I won't say much more, but like their relationship is fantastic. Um, just, mm-hmm. oh, I, w- I want to just talk about the show like yeah. nonstop with you, but I don't want to spoil anything later on. And I've already given you mm-hmm. tidbits. So I'll, 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 yeah. I'll bite my tongue now, but it is, it's really good fun. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I, I definitely, in- it's basically it's a no-brainer for me to watch more of it when there's nothing else to watch yeah. at the moment. So yeah, I'll I'll be I'll be watching it in bits and pieces and I can talk about it more with each other. Absolutely, episode. yeah. Send me messages when you're like catching up with stuff and uh anytime okay. something crazy happens, drop me a message and say, What the fuck was that all about? Um <laughs> But no, yeah, like I, from bits of the manga that I've like seen later on, there's some really like heavy shit and 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 I think that's what's interesting. It feels like it's both a very conventional shonen while simultaneously being very unconventional. And that's what I love. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's respecting all those kind of basic tent poles of great action, great animation, great characters. But it's also doing a lot of weird shit. Even like with how it starts, it almost feels like, instead of starting it like in quite a simple linear way, it just throws Yuji into this world that's already in motion. All the characters are already doing mm-hmm. stuff. All these oh. different storylines are already at play. And Yuji just gets caught up in it very quickly. So it feels like the show starts moving very, very fast. If you compare it to like My Hero Academia, it's very sort of focused on Deku and All Might and Deku goes to UA. And it just gradually Mm -hmm. focuses on Deku through that initial season of 30 loads. Jujutsu Kaisen just feels like, Mm -hmm. here's Yuji and now he's into that world and now everything's going to go crazy. And you don't know what's going to happen. Next every episode you're thinking, what is going to happen? And that's part of the fun of it. Um, what you'll have to remember is as you go on, every time you get to a crazy cliffhanger, which there will be quite a lot, I've had to wait every week. Every single week I've yep. had to wait and, and it's been torture at times. So yep. yeah. That's why I've been waiting. <laughs> yeah, I know, you lucky bastard. <laughs> oh, but speaking of Yuji, like this, this probably doesn't even like, you probably don't even remember this anymore because it was the very first episode, but I find it hilarious that in the first episode, Yuji's like, Breaking these world Olympic records yeah. for all these like <laughs> athletic events, like oh wow, he ran ran super fast, or he just like threw the shot put like a baseball. Yeah, That's yeah. weird. Anyways, moving on. I was like, wait, 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 wait. no, no, yeah. that is clearly abnormal, and no one is paying attention to this. It's not important, and that's why I was able to just like suspend my disbelief. I'm just yeah. like, okay, okay, anime, sure, I'll play ball. <laughs> I mean, you just roll with it because it's a shonen anime yeah. and it's just it's just yeah, exactly. fine. Like, you don't go in being like, well, that wouldn't happen in real life, would it? Because yeah. if you went in like that, you would stop watching 99% of anime. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I absolutely love yeah. it. It's easily like my favorite anime of the year. Although, I do think Skate might be a close contender. Ah. I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm excited to watch a new episode after this podcast. Um, yeah, because we'll finally get out of this uh, this little rut that it's currently in, hopefully. Yeah, we yeah, a, a rut, yeah. but it's one that I really understand. And I'm actually... Yeah, really, exactly. Really, I'm, I'm looking forward to it getting resolved. I yeah, say, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really interesting though, like, because with... Uh, our listeners might know what we t- might not know what we're talking about, but uh, yeah, Skate is basically... It's a great anime this season, but you should watch. But um, 
the two lead characters that have otherwise had a great relationship and a great friendship have had a falling out, but it's one that's really understandable. And I, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, Reki's inferiority complex here, it really makes sense. It doesn't just feel like a confrontation just pulled out of nowhere. It's like you fully understand how he feels. And whilst you're like, oh, dude, don't be, don't beat yourself up over it. It's okay. You understand why he's struggling so much. Right. Because like exactly. when you think about how, what he's gone through with Langwa, like he taught Langwa to, sk- to skate and he's made all his boards for him. He's done so much for him and it just feels like he's been forgotten. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm really enjoying skate. I'm really, really having fun with it. And uh, I think this episode <laughs> is, is Langwa going against Joe, isn't it? Yeah, 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 that's how, what the last one ended yeah. in. So yeah, it's going to be going to be treated some to some eye candy. Hell yeah, I'm excited. Some some uh, musho muscle eye candy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. It'll be good. All right. So also weirdness happening. So best character design. We were so sure, so sure. All three of us were in agreement that this would go to brand new animal. Like no questions mm. asked that this would be brand new animal, and it went to. Toilet bound Hanako kun. Yeah, that's quite a random one. <laughs> which, yeah, which I had watched one, maybe two episodes of Hanako kun. And yes, its character designs are interesting, but it just doesn't rival at all the, the sheer creativity on display of that brand new animal mm. was. Just, I, I, I'm just completely baffled on this. I can't even begin to reconcile that. Yeah. I will say, mm-hmm. I will say about Trigger, like, even though their output isn't always like, perfect they do have quite a sort of hit or miss approach to the series they put out mm-hmm. i do love them as a studio a great deal i really mm-hmm. really think they're a great studio and when they get it right they can do some of the best anime ever i still think killer kill and little witch academia are fucking incredible shows mm-hmm. but i really do which if we were continuing our trip down the decade lane this episode 2013 kill the kill oh we're, we're saving that for next time though we can't for talk ne- about that without Kyle. yeah yeah yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Trigger are fantastic. Uh, I also like, I feel like all year we'll be doing our trip down the decade lane, like for the whole year of this movie's <laughs> we'll, podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll get through it eventually. Eventually, yeah. but it's going to be, it's going to be a yeah. long year. Uh, it'll be good though. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but yeah, no, like in BNA, even though it wasn't like the most amazing series, I do think there were some great elements to it and character designs was absolutely like probably top, top of them up there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm just like, how, why? Mm. Um, especially because Hanukkah Kun was not particularly popular either. I'm not, I, I'm not sure if that was like a critic vote or if that, or if the popular vote swayed that one somehow. I'm not sure. Mm. Anyways, one that does make sense. Keep your hands off of Azo Ken best animation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Could see that. Yeah, totally. Best, best fight scene is Deku versus Overhaul, which, uh, eh. it, eh, I, 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 it I, I'm, be I'm saying air as someone who loves My Hero Academia. Yeah. Huge fan as you yeah, know. know. And yeah, I was a bit let down by season four. I liked it. Yeah. It, it was still great, but it just felt like a bit of a weaker season. It, but yeah. maybe the issue there is that season one, two, and three are like flawless. And I think that's part of the issue. When you've got these flawless kind of seasons, anything that's like lower than a 10 out of 10 will be conspicuous. Right. Um, but yeah, no, no, I, I thought the whole overhaul thing was like a little bit weak. I, I feel like. Um, I mean, I feel like the whole fight with Gentle Criminal was probably better, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like it, Much more. And, and like that one was Deku thinking, mm. whereas the overhaul one was kind of like, I quirk better than you quirk, sort of. Or yeah. it was just kind of it, like, like, it was very great, Dragon Ball Z-esque. Great, spe- <laughs> great spectacle and stuff. But yeah. I do think, yeah, like the, uh, the, the uh, Gentle Criminal stuff was just a bit stronger. Yeah. 
It's funny too, because last episode you were commenting how one of the, uh, not last episode, but when we were uh, talking about this, you commented how the nominee Gojo Satoru versus uh, Sukuna one was odd because it's like, of all fights, why that one? And now that I've seen it, I agree. It's like, do, do why that it? yeah. one? That was like it's five like, seconds. It's so short. Oh, no, yeah. it, actually, it it's was literally 10 seconds because Gojo said, like, yeah. close your eyes for 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, by contrast, why not Gojo versus Jogo mm-hmm. in episode seven? Yeah. That's a, that is an amazing fight. That is it's, so much it's fun. It's very odd. Um, so I agree with you. Like, that really was an odd, odd choice. And you'll you'll see what I mean when you see these next few episodes as well, and you see Mahito, mm-hmm. and you see what he's like as an antagonist and what he does as an antagonist. You'll be thinking, why was he not nominated over Sukuna? <laughs> he's done way more, and he's played a much bigger role in the series narratively. So yeah, you, I think you'll probably agree with me there when you see that. Right. But you'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Indeed, you'll have to wait for my reactions as well. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Yeah. All right, best couple. This one was also. A shocker, and I think uh, Kyle would share would be livid at this if he was here. So uh, Nasa Yuzuki and Sukasa Yuzaki from Tony Kawa won this one, which again they won over the Kaguya Sama couple, which I know you haven't seen, but you've like been exposed to just through cultural osmosis, right, Harry? Just to know that like everyone I've, loves I've these heard, characters. I've, yeah. I've heard of it. I've heard little bits. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like they are like the definition of the perfect anime couple, essentially. And so the mm. fact they lost is one thing. The fact that they lost to this couple from this show is like salt in the wound. Uh, oh. Tony Kawa is, it eventually becomes very sweet. I'll give it that. Like I, I watched the whole thing, but oh boy, it, it are the first like three, four or five episodes, some really cringy, uncomfortable, wish fulfillment, nonsense bullshit. Um, oh, but, like, they eventually do become a very sweet couple, but it's just nothing like Kaguya and Shirogani. So I'm just shocked about that. Not, I, I, if Kyle was on, he would have a lot more to say about this, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, maybe we'll retouch on that next episode if we remember. And uh, yeah. we'll, we'll let Kyle rant unfiltered and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah we'll make a note of that. It'll be nice but- to have someone else on the podcast getting really unreasonably angry other than me. <laughs> yeah, he, he he that will that will light a fire in his ass. I'm sure I always get I get very angry over politics in the world and mm-hmm. things like that. But uh, we need someone getting angry over just like anime gossip, mm-hmm. the important things, right? <laughs> yeah, the important the things that matter. Yeah, right. All right, best performance by Japanese voice actor was uh, Subaru from ReZero, which uh, we agreed with. Uh, e- even though Kyle said he's not a fan of the show, he fully like backs that choice of how. Mm. Subaru's voice actor just knocks it out of the park. Mm. Uh, best performance by English voice actor was Zeno Robinson as Hawks from My Hero Academia, which ah. I haven't seen that, but good for him. Yeah, or I haven't seen him. the dub of it, but good for him. Uh, best girl is Kaguya, so at least she won that from Kaguya-sama. Best boy is Shoyo Hinata, which you and I were in on, for sure, yeah, on that one. Yeah, Haiki, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we were like, Gojo isn't a boy. He's not a best boy. What? <laughs> He's not, it's but a- he is the best male character, I think. Yeah. He is yeah. just so likable. And, and, and mm-hmm. as time goes on, you'll see more of that, just how he's so overpowered and so outrageously strong, yet he's just a complete goof. Mm-hmm. And he's just such an idiot in, in such a lovable way. But uh, again, in, like, in, in the latest few episodes, I think the episode before this one, he has another moment to shine. And you realize how merciless and brutal he is with his opponents mm-hmm. and how he's almost sadistic with his fights. Mm-hmm. Yet outside of that, he's just 
completely fucking stupid, making ridiculous <laughs> jokes. And I think that's what's so interesting about him as a character, those kind of really humorously juxtaposing elements to his personality. So right. he is my best boy, even though he's yeah. not a boy. He, he's, <laughs> yeah, I, I will give him that honor. So best director, if this, I would have lost faith in all of humanity if Masaki Yuasa did not win this one for Keep Your Hands Off of Aizoken, for sure. Mm. There's no way that was going to go to anyone else. Uh, best music score was uh, Kevin Penkin for The Tower of God, which none of us watched The Tower of God, but we also didn't realize that Kevin Penkin did the soundtrack for that, which is the composer for Made in Abyss. And so uh-huh. just keeping that in mind, it, you can see why this probably won best score then, having not okay, even yeah. heard a single yeah. second of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Made in Abyss had some incredible music. Yeah. And uh, he also did the soundtrack for Shield Hero, which I know you two weren't hot on, but the music in that, I think, is also phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So uh, best opening sequence went to B-Stars, which, cool, I mean, like, fine, that's fine. What else is there? What did it beat? beat? Uh, it beat Easy Breezy for Azoken, mm-hmm. uh, Jujutsu Kaisen's opening, Great Pretender's opening, uh, Kaguya-sama's opening, and Haikyuu's opening. I think so, uh, B-Stars a- opening... Hmm? Uh, no, yeah, carry on, carry on. I think B-Stars won because of its unique, it was basically like a stop-motion doll mm. animation for its opening. Yeah. It was really cool, too. Uh, the song is like, I can take it or leave it, but regardless, like it was just a really just eye-catching opening to watch. Yeah. Well, all these other ones are very traditional, I think. I mean, what I will say, obviously, yeah, so like I've, I've not seen it, so... I'm sure it's very good, but uh, Jujutsu Kaisen's opening, I'm sure you'll agree with me, is a fucking banger. It absolutely sucks. I've had the song stuck in my head for numerous hours at work. Yeah. I wish it would not. <laughs> <laughs> it is so good. What's great, as the series goes on as well, more characters get added to that ending. Um, do you ever all sat on the grass towards the end? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. More characters get added over time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. So, so you, like, watch right now, you'll see that. The initial episode, I think it's just like the, like, uh, Yuji and then uh, Megumi and uh, Hammer Girl and then Gojo. Mm-hmm. It's just like the, the initial kind of batch of characters. Then over time, more and more like join like Panda and Nabari and stuff. So uh, Nanami even. I I love evolving OPs and EDs in anime. That's like one of my favorite things to do because it's like, you know, like you've reached a turning point in the story, like some sort of hallmark of the, or milestone whenever that happens. So like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Uh, the Higurashi, the new Higurashi anime is doing that right now too. It's just like, oh, Speaking of ED, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen won that. It's ED uh, one yeah. best ending the sequence. The ending is great. What? Yeah. Winning over The Great Pretender, which is literally The Great Pretender song by Freddie Mercury, <laughs> <laughs> which I find hilarious. It's like, should that be nominated? Like, is that, is that allowed? I'm not yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, um, like, Freddie Mercury was an yeah. absolute genius and a legend. Yeah. However, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not exactly taking like an original piece of music and stuff. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm not sure how how much that's like allowed because right, i don't know exactly. then someone could just be like oh i've taken this Jimi hendrix song i got it at the end of an anime mm-hmm. and because it's an absolute banger it's gonna win like it feels a bit mm-hmm. like cheating almost mm-hmm. i mean anyone can get best ending if you choose like a queen or freddie mercury song so right yeah yeah <laughs> well apparently they didn't they didn't win they didn't win exactly uh, yeah. yeah i i do kind of wish that night running the brand new animal op- ED got this one. I, I kind of enjoyed that one more than Jujutsu's, but I, I'm totally fine yeah. with Jujutsu's. I, I like it, but I do prefer the opening to Brand New Animal. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, ReZero won Best Fantasy over uh, Dragon Quest Adventure of Die, Decadence, Ascendance of Bookworm 2, Dora Hedoro, and Tower of God. Mm. Um, I don't think that's 
terrible surprise with how popular the second season is right now. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet, though. That's another one that I'm waiting to finish to uh, just watch all the way through. Best comedy is Kaguya-sama, which good, well-deserved. Winning over Azoken, Next Life is Villainous, Sleepy Princess Demon Castle, Kakushi Goto, and Misfit Demon King Academy. Mm. Best drama went to Fruits Basket Season 2, which I am very pleased about. Uh, I, I remember I wanted either this or a great pretender to win, and so I'm glad that Fruits Basket won this. Yeah. Uh, best protagonist, this one is weird. Uh, Katarina Klaes from My Next Life as a Villainous won this one, which uh, is, is interesting. I don't, so fill me in, I don't know anything about her. Yeah, so My Next Life as a Villainous is a fun show. It's a good show. So for those who don't know, it's it's an isekai. It's a... Uh, it's one of those, it's an up-and-coming subgenre of isekai where it's otome game isekai, basically. So it's a female protagonist. So basically this girl gets reincarnated into the world of her otome game, as in like the visual novel is targeted at young girls. So there's like a bunch of pretty boys around and so on and so forth. It's the opposite of a uh, bishoujo dating sim. And, but she gets reincarnated as the, the, the villainous character, the character that kind of like gets in the way of the protagonist at every step of the way. It's just kind of like this really vile uh, human being. Mm. And so she gets reincarnated as this character. And so she kind of works her way up as a proper member of society. And she ends up becoming more likable than the main character herself, essentially. Oh. And so Katarina, like her fan nickname is Bakarina because she is an idiot, <laughs> a lovable idiot, but she is blissfully unaware to a lot of things mm. and doesn't understand how think, uh, the workings of this world happen and ignorant to the feelings of those around her, how she's unwittingly built up a reverse harem. Mm. <laughs> um, she's, she's fun, but compared to, again, Hinata from Haikyuu or uh, Yuji from Jujutsu, it's yeah. strange to me. And it, also because Katarina, her her ignorance definitely started to get on my nerves a little bit towards yeah. the end. It's like, okay, come on. Like, you, sh- you should be able to realize this now. It's getting a little old. Yeah. So I, I, I was surprised on this one. I, I, do, I do think Yuji's a very likable protagonist in Jujutsu Kaisen. And uh, mm-hmm. again, he, he gets better over time. I say that a lot about Jujutsu Kaisen, but it is true. Everything <laughs> in that series just like <laughs> ages like a lovely fine wine. Um, but yeah, it seems like an odd choice. But um I think that's standard. I think these anime awards always have like weird kind of turnouts. Right. And then we already talked about it. Best antagonist went to uh, Sukuna, mm. which is supposedly an odd. A bit, yeah. A bit, a bit weird. <laughs> as much as I love the show, yeah. a bit of an odd choice. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm saddened that Akito from Fruits Basket didn't take it, but I'm not surprised as mm. well, considering uh, just how much more popular Jujutsu is. And that, that's the anime awards. So. That's it. Definitely uh, got some, uh, quite a few of these predictions wrong, but more than right. And I, I think I'm overall pleased with uh, the outcomes for most of these awards. There are just a lot of, not a lot of, uh, a handful of eyebrows raising ones. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, it'd be really boring if we knew all of them, if we predicted them all and we all were right. Because then like this episode is like, yeah, well, uh, everything we said last time, it, it came true. And, and we wouldn't have a topic to talk about. We wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have anything to go on about. Uh, really quickly, also... And other news that happened, the the manga market in Japan hit a new record of 612.6 billion yen in 2020, Ooh. which is the biggest record, the most earned, it's the highest it's earned since 1995. Uh, it's also the first time that the print industry increased 
since uh where to go since 2014 meanwhile the digital market has been rising yeah. consistently since then but yeah i think uh just as we saw with a lot of entertainment media 20 the pandemic lots of people home want to consume more not surprising that uh it's shattered records just like video game sales are breaking records all over the place mm. similarly uh oops, sorry go no i was just saying, i think that's cool how like obviously with covid so much has suffered and so much has struggled but it's nice for us, some industries that are doing okay um mm-hmm. and yeah so so big ups to those creative industries yep similar to that it's like oh <gasps> hold on <laughs> hold on here <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. So I, I, I had the news art, the Anime News Network article open, but I saw on the right in related news that MAPPA just revealed a water polo anime. Oh. Which, by the way, I played water polo in high school. But okay, so that is, but, sign that is me the, the fuck most up. Random thing you could have said just then. <laughs> like, like an absolutely shocked, startled reaction of like, oh my God, water polo anime. <laughs> like, that is, I, yeah, I wasn't expecting yeah. that at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I wasn't either. That's why okay. I'm so surprised. I'm very pleased. I, I, I've been wanting to play water polo again for a long time, but I'm just so out of it. Like there's, it's, it's, it's definitely the kind of sport that when you fall out of it, you can't just like jump in it to it with other people that have been doing it. You'll just get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I definitely really loved water polo and I miss it dearly. Oh. I'll be keeping an eye on that. Now, now Anyways. You, now you know that MAP is doing it, so the animation will probably be great. Um, exactly. And, and yeah, you can relive your water polo memories. Also, on that note, just quickly before we move on from Jujutsu Kaisen praise, how fucking mm. good is the animation in this show? Oh, yeah. yeah. L- oh, yeah. It's it's incredibly fluid. Yeah. And the fact, and just like kind of like UFO table as well, the way they integrate CG mm. in ways that are so... Uh, seamless and not jarring like they really meld the two together to create some really dynamic fight yeah, sequences yeah. I, I love 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 that yeah. okay so going back to what I was going to say okay. before I okay. got distracted <laughs> by Water Polo uh, Viz, uh, Viz Media which is one of the main publishers of manga in the US saw a 70% growth in 2020 in the US market again not surprising mm. uh, and then finally are you familiar with Toho? Uh, I think so. Yeah, are they, are they an anime company, like like an anime production company, or the TV network? No. So my, it is a game. Our games is. I'm completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Toho is like one of the de facto bullet hell type ah, games. Okay. It, uh, they were made by a single man named Zune Z U N. Uh, the first one came out way back in 1995 for the PC 98 platform. Mm. And it's 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 weird in that like it spawned all these fan works. It's kind of like Vocaloid, where you had the original character that just like spawned all of this fan sphere. So Toho is the same, where it's just like the fandom for Toho is endless. But anyways, the the newest game for it, the 18th Toho game has been announced by Zoom. Still the same guy, still just him by himself making these games, and that will be coming out sometime this year. What's what's really funny too is like the the official art for Toho. Is not that great. Mm. It's it's really kind of hard on the eyes, actually. And yet, like, there's just like these people that just like were like, yes, <laughs> I want to create with this. And it it's ridiculous. The first time I heard about Toho and learned about it, I'm like, is this an anime? Is this a manga? Like, where is this coming from? And the first time I saw like screenshots of the actual game, like, oh no, this must be like some fan game or something. Like, this can't be the <laughs> that that was the source material. Mm. Like, oh, 
Okay, sure. That's really weird. So Toho fans. For it's, sure. So like, do you think as a product, it is quite average, but it just has a huge following? I mean, the, the bullet hell mechanics are extremely good. It's mm. definitely like, these are some of the, for bullet hell aficionados, these are some of the finest on the market yeah. for sure. I've just never been a huge fan of bullet it's hell. Re- yeah, uh, yeah. It's, I it's get certainly frustrated. quite a stressful genre. It's also a bit, it's yeah, weird, but, but they like, are very he's, well, he's widely 18 regarded. games into it and it's still not quite yeah. like peak quality. Like if I made well, 18 video games, by that point, I'd like to think <laughs> that I really know what I'm doing. Well, I think it's because he focuses on, in on where it matters, which is the gameplay, yeah. like the, the art and all that. Like, and the mu- it's really well known for the music too. The music is very good. And that like, there are again, endless remix albums out there of Toho music. Mm. And so it, Toho is known mainly for its gameplay, its music, and its base character designs, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say. Everything else is just kind of like bluff. Yeah, but that's impressive All that right. one dude has like spawned that huge franchise. Yeah. I'm just, I don't understand how anyone can make a game by themselves. I, like, I think about uh, Stardew Valley, how that's made by one dude. Uh, Cyber Shadow that just came out that was published by Yacht Club mm-hmm. Games, that's made by one dude. I'm just like... How? Play, have you played Cyber How? I have. I haven't beaten uh, it, but I played it. I, I, I like it a lot. It's hard. It's hard. It is tough. Yeah, I enjoyed it. But I think also playing it, you do realize why games have developed beyond that. Because you realize playing <laughs> it, there are moments when it's just frustrating. Like not challenging, just mm-hmm. frustrating and annoying. And you just think, for fuck's sake, that, that doesn't feel fair. Um, so mm-hmm. you do start to see why games have like progressed beyond that sort of Ninja yep. Gaiden, old school design. Um, with that yep. said, massive respect to the developer because it was still an entertaining, fun game. And the fact that they made yeah, it Yeah, and it was very faithful to that genre for completely. that time Oh, yeah, yeah. Well. If you're like a big yeah. fan of the original Ninja Gaiden and stuff, then like that game is going to be like totally up your alley. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Major ups Major to ups. solo game developers. Mm. That's all we got for the news. Um so moving on, like I said earlier on, we would we would normally continue our trip down memory lane for the decade, but we will put that on hold for uh, Kyle to come back to. So instead, I was, we're going I was to do- say quickly, but wait, before you say the oh. next thing, so you've got a big topic. Is this the big topic you were going to do? Yes. Should we wait for Kyle to come back before we do it? I mean, we'll, we'll never have the opportunity because when Kyle comes back, we're going to go back to going back, going through the decade. Ah, okay. Well, in that case, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, this is just... I wouldn't even say this is a big topic. This is just a fun little exercise for us Got it. Too. Okay. So yes. So instead of going through the decade, we're going to just have a little fun. Uh, mainly because we just literally today, we got the announcement that uh, Devil is a Part-Timer Season 2 is happening after eight years, which I talked about this show briefly on the podcast before, but it's one of my fav- favorite reverse isekai out there. But it got me thinking, it's like, okay, isekai isn't going anywhere it's always going to be present so what how would we and it, it follows the same formula all the time basically so what would how would we want to design our own isekai like what kind of isekai show would we want to see that would really revitalize or not even revitalize but just like entertain us and in, in all regards and so i'll start off on this to give you a chance to think about it harry since i sprung this on you I, I, I have just minute. thought of a genius idea, though, to be fair. Okay. Okay, awesome. Well, okay. we'll save the genius one for, okay. for last then. So, so for mine is you take 
your name, but you make it Isekai instead. So <laughs> you have two protagonists again. And instead of a boy and a girl, and it, it can still be a boy and girl. Let's 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 do that actually. It'll be extra interesting. So one of the characters is in our world, and the other character is in an Isekai fantasy world, and they switch bodies inexplic- inexplicably every so often. So unlike uh in your name, where it was pl- it was planned, right? It was like regular. It was like every. It, I was think it? It, no. yeah, it was a certain no, point when they go to sleep. Yeah, like they would go to sleep. But was it like a certain day of the week? I don't remember actually. I'm not sure. I, I think it was like a few times a week at random. Yeah. Okay. Any in this case, then it would be absolutely random. Where like it's not even when they go to sleep. Just like you're talking to your friend, and then suddenly you're like in a bar, and mm. this other world. Like, wait, what? Uh, I I think uh, that would set up some really funny. Uh, funny comedic moments for one, but yeah. also I think uh, bringing in, you have that ask. I've been saying for a long time how I want more reverse isekai. I think that's a very much untapped market, uh, untapped potential. There aren't a whole lot of it, of just characters from a fancy world coming to our world and having to adjust. So we might as well just like have both of them at the same time. And so we've seen plenty of stories where we have Potato Kun, main, main character protagonist going to isekai, and using their extremely niche knowledge to become successful there. I, I just saw a manga titled something like, I was the ace on my baseball team and I got Isekai to a world where world disputes are settled by baseball. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so so nonsense like that. Yeah. So we, we could still have that aspect and it could, one, it could be someone that has a life. Like a lot of Isekai are self-fulfillment sort of just like, power fancy like going from zero to zero to one essentially it's like what about i think if you were to what about the life you leave if you especially if you had relationships or a work life and things like that um what happens to that and so uh seeing both aspects of the characters trying to insert themselves and figure out how the other character lived in this while still learning the the concepts and the customs of these other worlds shares a lot of potential Mm. and then you can have it to where um they can only accomplish certain things while they're swapped uh whether it whether it's like a physical actual physical barrier is like okay like there's this magical barrier that for whatever reason you're only you can get like our world character can get through and the isekai character's body and vice versa or it could be that uh there's a Japanese is in the isekai world uh, for these areas, and the main character can read that. And then, meanwhile, in our world, it's the isekai language that the other character can read, and so they can only get through that. Uh, it, I'm thinking like in game logic a little, a little bit, but I don't, I don't want the isekai world to be a game world. I'm, I'm done with that. I'm tired of yeah. that. Just have fantasy, please. You want it to be something totally uh, different, I, yeah, yeah, and which is kind of what Mushiko Tensei is doing this season as well. So yeah, I, I think that would be an in, uh, a fun twist on the isekai formula where it has both forward and reverse isekai at the same time along with like the success of your name. I think the the biggest challenge is that people will immediately be like, you're just copying your name. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and your name was good. So yeah. why is this a bad I, thing? I mean, I, I don't so, think you can really like, if you're making like an isekai thing and someone says you're copying, it's like, well, this is literally one of the most repetitive copying genres <laughs> so like yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that's particularly original to say um what would your isekai be called 
Oh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> um, uh, I'll get back to yeah, that. I mean, you've got to just but think. No, of let's really hear your idea first. Yeah. So, so my yeah, my genius idea. I, I mean, I just literally thought of it now on a whim. It might be terrible. <laughs> uh, so, like, we've seen so many isekais where like characters have gone to video game worlds, and they've always been kind of like very functional fantasy video games that are really polished. Mm-hmm. What if a character from the real world went to a video game world and it was a fantasy game, but this fantasy game is shipped with loads of bugs and loads of glitches and loads of mistakes. <laughs> so whenever they talk to an NPC, the dialogue of the NPC is really stilted and dodgy. Do you know like in like Oblivion, for example, yeah. where like all of the, the dialogue is so weird and unnatural. It's kind of mm-hmm. like that. And they're trying to get by in this world where nothing works properly. And the way they're trying to get more powerful is exploiting glitches and exploiting like bugs and whatnot. Um, I don't know. You could do, but you then do it's a like a double-edged sword where it, it, if you exploited, so it's like a double-edged sword where like yeah, you can try to exploit this glitch or bug, but it might backfire. Yeah, you might find yourself in like a fail state. Yeah, yeah, totally. So you could like do loads of stuff with that because let's face it, there's a lot of games that release now that are really buggy. I mean, imagine if like someone yep. was transferred to like the Cyberpunk 2077 world. <laughs> where cyberpunk world amazing but nothing fucking works <laughs> like they're yeah. just walking down the street and cars are falling from the sky and stuff so yeah yeah i'm just imagining like instead of a teleport spell like he exploits a bug that just allows you to clip through walls <laughs> <laughs> exactly i think that could be cool yeah. i think that could be a fun series um the other idea is is something that's political so maybe like uh you could have i don't know i mean you could have for example like there's a republican politician in america and this evil overlord, this kind of like ridiculously evil, uh, harsh, horrible, cruel overlord from a fantasy world is transported to, to being a member of the Republican Party. And it's a series about how they just fit in perfectly and they're not conspicuous in the slightest. <laughs> um, alternatively, you could have a series where like this really sort of lovely, loving, kind of attempting to be honest politician, this kind of like hippie, lefty sort of politician gets transferred to like a fantasy world where he gets put in a position of like being an evil overlord. So then he's like, they're trying to be really kind of like friendly and trying to undo the evil political stuff that overlord has done. Um, I don't know. I think they could be like an interesting kind of politician swap isekai uh, with various like political slants. So I think, I think that would be interesting too, because the, the good isekai, the ones that are truly memorable are the ones that build their world. Yeah. And Unless you have some sort of like primitive stone age isekai, like politics go hand in hand with that, whether it's feudal politics or it's fantasy politics and things like that. Yeah. And so it it would be interesting to see someone that has a political background and try to like reconcile that with the the customs of this other world that may have like completely different values than the ones you're used to and trying to navigate that. I think like regardless if that's actually trying to have a political message or not that would have the potential for an interesting world building yeah it's more so that like it wouldn't be a podcast episode if i didn't find an opportunity to somehow insult <laughs> right-wing politics um so that's all it is i was just trying to squeeze that in there uh but no I, i'm that's just more like an afterthought but my my glitch idea i think is genuinely great and i'm, I'm sold on that a sort of a very glitchy isekai world that doesn't work properly and every time the character mm-hmm. tries to talk to someone the dialogue is horribly unnatural um, because the game is just broken. Uh, but then it could be over time. Or, as, like, as, or like you try to slash... Sorry? 
Or like you try to slash at an enemy and it just isn't taking damage. Yeah, it just doesn't work, or for it's example. Just, yeah. yeah, a bit of a time, the game gets patched. So certain glitches get patched, but then maybe new glitches reappear. And, and, and like, so, so new mm-hmm. things pop up, then certain things get patched. I don't know. It like, it's constantly evolving through the developer's intervention. Um, and then it could be that, but it could be that the protagonist, it could be like the, the, the protagonist is a glitch. Some, a bug tester. The You're a bug tester, yeah. The protagonist is like a glitch and then patch up this protagonist. So it's like, oh, to survive in this glitchy world, I need to try and like blend in and not be found by the developers as they're patching the game. Oh, it just writes itself. <laughs> so what's the t- Genius. what's the title of yours then? Ah, fuck. Um, <laughs> it's diff- it's difficult because yeah. like you almost need to lose a few brain cells to name it. Yeah, like, exactly. Like we instinctively try to think of something that's like smart, and it's like no, it needs to be. I was transported to a glitch laden isekai world. So what? Or something. It needs it needs to be like a really yeah. kind of boring generic name that isn't good, and that is like just not at all compelling or endearing because that's the typically Sakai yeah. way. So yeah. So my, mine would be so, something like that. My, my name would be, I swapped bodies with a hot elf in another world and I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, that would sell. Yep. People it absolutely would. Yeah. Like, like that's what we could do. If, uh, if ever our lives don't work out, we'll just like, move into some dirty basement and just start writing isekais and I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll be successful. <laughs> exactly. It's It definitely uh, seems like there's harder markets to break into. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> All righty. That was a fun little exercise. I like that. I like that. Was that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's, it's funny though, because last time we kind of did one of these where it's like the topic was what, what classic show would we want to see revived? Uh, and some sort of remake or revival. And I said Higurashi, and here we are with Higurashi. So oh. apparently do I you, have this power to just will things to existence. Do you want to, do you want to, to mention existence. something else, Sven? Uh, Whilst what? you've got the power? Well, I already like, mentioned I, I one thing. It's only, it's only one per podcast, I think. I think if I mention another thing, it won't come true. So no, I'm sticking to this. And, so now, and the new Higurashi will get cancelled. I know. <laughs> you'll, you'll undo your good luck. Yeah, yeah it's overridden. <laughs> You're, it's your bug. It's your bug game. <laughs> yeah, there we can go. only have so much storage. My Damn show, it. my show is dwarfing everything. <laughs> Damn it, Harry. So yeah, we'll we'll see uh, if any of our uh, if our uh, wild dreams come true in the next month or so. <laughs> okay, that will be a wrap for this episode. So thank you for tuning in, everyone. We're gonna close out with a, a quick shout out. So, Harry, what would you like to shout out? It could be about anything. I've, I've officially released my EP now. It's out. Aha! It is released to the world. Uh, it came out last Friday. So, yeah, that's uh, if you go on Spotify or go on iTunes or I, just pretty much anywhere, uh, put in Corison Lost Woods EP. Um, and, yeah, it will come up. Uh, the, the artwork has like a cow's face on it, just so, so you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, I think it's pretty sick. I like it. But, uh, yeah. That's my recommendation. Check out my EP. Um, in terms of like anime series, that's difficult. I don't think I've really started anything like that we've not yeah. mentioned this episode. I did just start watching, mm-hmm. uh, oh fuck, I keep forgetting the name, uh, Kimono, uh, Kimono Jihan or oh, Kimono, Kimono Jihan. Jihan, yeah. What's it called? Kim- Kimono Jihan, yeah. That's it. When I first started watching Jujutsu Kaisen, it took me ages to remember that name because it's, it's <laughs> such a like, forgettable name. Uh, but no, mm-hmm. so I've started watching Kimono Jihen. I'm like, I'm caught up on about eight episodes in. I got the idea from our last viewer's guide. 
So ben, oh. I'm going to plug our viewers' guide. Check out on Game to Stomp. Uh, Matt, you oversaw it all. You kind of directed it. But we're just talking yep. about different shows to watch this season. And uh, yeah, that's on there. Uh, I'm quite enjoying it. I'm not loving it, but like there's there's definitely yeah. potential there. But I'm also not too sure where it's going to go. Like a lot of shows start and they kind of cement pretty early on. This is what the main character's goal is, like long term. Um, and this hasn't mm-hmm. really done that. It's not really said what the main character's long term goal is beyond trying to meet their parents. But that's not particularly compelling. Um, so I'm not sure what the long term plan is for this series. However, yeah. it's and I think it's one of those shows. It's one of the shows that you can tell right away that you're, we're not going to get any real answers by the time the anime itself finishes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's definitely like, hey, we're going to animate this part and then read the manga or a light novel or whatever it's based on, I think. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so far, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying it too. It's, it's, it's fun to watch every week. Not something like I'm mm. on edge of my seat to get to every time or anything <laughs> like that. Not like skate, like right after this episode. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm a real. I'm really psyched for you, man. On releasing your EP, it's just really awesome oh, to you. create something, and yeah, like have that be like I, I, I willed this into existence. This would not exist without me. I, I think that's what's really cool. It's just nice to like because I, I don't. Obviously, it's not got many plays, but I mean, it's like it's a fucking dubstep EP released by someone mm-hmm. who's completely unknown. So of course, it's not going to get many plays. But it's mostly just like it's nice to have it out there. So if someone says, oh, do you make music? It's like, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Here I am on Spotify. Here's an EP of four songs. That's more so why I like to have it out there. It's actually nice to have something out there in like a professional space. Right. Um, so that's kind of why. Like, it's I a- don't mind if it doesn't get many plays. It's just nice to have it there so I can brag to my friends. It's a concrete accomplishment. That you it's a, that's it. It's an accomplishment. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I don't have an EP to plug, <laughs> but I will uh, continue to plug my Twitch channel at Musing Mojack, M-U-S-I-N-G, M-O-J-A-C-K. I'm currently playing through a Bravely Default 2 on it. Uh, I, I think I'm going to play some Ghosts and Goblins on mon- Monday, though, which is probably when this episode is coming out, because uh, I feel like raging on stream would be a good time. Um, but yeah, you can find me on there or Twitter as well. The thing I'm going to give a shout out to is, man... I'm I'm addicted to Uma Musume. It's real bad. <laughs> so Uma Musume or Horse Girls is a new phone game by Psy Games. It's also an anime airing right now on its second season. And goddamn, it's 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 a racing sim. So it's basically it's it's horse racing, but instead of horses, you have anime horse girls, and they're all cute, and they're all based <laughs> off of real life Japanese uh, race horses, and so on and so forth, and. Like you, you design a training regimen for them. They go through it and they, they raise their stats and so on and so forth. And then they go on races. And then once they're on the race, like you can decide their strategy, whether they like outrun or if they like hang out in the middle and then try to overtake in the end and so forth. But once the race starts, like it's all on them. You have no control over the race whatsoever. And just the races themselves are really cool just because of how many camera angles there are and also just how there's constant commentary by announcers. Like the amount of voice acting in this game for a phone game <laughs> is astonishing. Like these horse races are really, really intense. Like you, I, I'm actually like super invested in them the whole time, even though I have no control over it whatsoever. So yeah. And the, th- I, the thing is, Matt, like, so I'm, I'm getting this now. Like, mm. um, are you 27 or 28? Uh, 27. Yeah. 27. Right. So like, we're both in the latter half of our 20s. Do you ever get moments when you're just like playing it 
racing anime horse girls on your phone. Do you think, <laughs> I'm slowly approaching 30. I need to stop, but I can't. Like, do, do you ever just have that kind of depressing feeling of like, what am I doing? Because uh, uh, I get it all the time. <laughs> I wouldn't say quite that because I, I, I like what I like. And I still yeah. do things that are, I still have my own life. It's not like that's, that Mate, I, I say this, yeah. I, I'd be just as addicted as you. I'm not knocking you at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to share my Right, yeah, I understand, you yeah. You, you just feel like, oh, I'm in the latter half of my 20s. I need to start living an adult life. But at the same time, <laughs> all of these things are so addictive and fun. Mm-hmm. And it's a constant battle you're waging with your own mind. I'm not knocking you because I'd be exactly the same in your position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, it's crossed my mind a few times, but in the end, I always just come back to it's like, you, you like what you like. And totally. li- life is too short and it's too annoying to purposely avoid things. Unless it's like actively causing you harm, then that's another story. Yeah. But like, there's no harm in this. It's not like- There's plenty of worse yeah. things than like anime horse girl racing to like, yeah. although when you, when you say it out loud, yeah. especially when, it, when it's on a podcast, it's going out publicly, doesn't sound too good. I mean, I think, I think my degeneracy is pretty well known at this point. It is so good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think what, uh, to wrap this up too, uh, the thing that really interested me is like all- all the all the girls have like really fleshed out camp and it's in Japanese, so I can't fully read it, but like how fleshed <laughs> out their campaigns are is really impressive. And it's for every single ho- from like the one star girls to the three star girls. They all have their own story. They all have their own <laughs> goals and you can fail them. And it's like a roguelite and that you restart and you never know what each run is gonna bring because there's different events that happen each time. It's it's just it's just it's it's just crack. <laughs> It's just I feel like it's it's funnier because you don't know what you're actually doing. Like you can't read it, uh, so you're just kind of like looking at the pretty visuals yeah. and not actually understanding what you're playing. Really, like, it's just like I, an I can, acid trip confined. To I your can phone. read a fair amount of it, but it, it takes effort for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It doesn't come well, easy. It, it, it's probably educational then. In that case, you're actually yeah, learning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, actually, yeah, because I, I will see some kanji every now and then. It's like, oh, that's this one. I see. This is sento. I see. <laughs> But yeah, if, you if can watch that. If anyone ever criticizes you, just angrily say, I'm learning. Leave yeah, me exactly. Alone. It's yeah, a learning experience. You can uh, <laughs> see what that game is all about on my Twitch as well, because I streamed that and I actually got a lot of viewers. It was like, it broke my record for most views. Oh, wow. <laughs> on a single stream, there were people interested in it. So yeah, uh, dig that. Anyways, that's a wrap for this episode. Next time, we'll have the full group back together again, hopefully. But until then, Take it easy, keep watching anime and enjoying life. Till next time, ciao. Lost